This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekin sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. We're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on the Odyssey app. We got four NBA games up tonight, only one going on. John Morant making his return. 20 to 16, Memphis over the Pelicans so far. Here they come, guys. John Morant leading the way, and the Grizzlies going to make a push for the playoffs. What would it take for John Morant to win MVP this year? Oh, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to get it. Nothing. To him. There's Nothing? no scenario. What if they go from 60 points <laughs> per game? No, I, I don't think he's got a shot at it. There's no. I was looking. There is no price. I'd be curious to see. Eventually, BetMGM will put something up. I'd be curious just to see what they would price it at. Man, I don't even know. Like 150 to one. He's missed 25 games right. and plus the whole like situation. I don't know. Well, man. I don't think he's. I don't think he's able to because you have to play 65. Yeah, oh, you're right. You actually thing. He won't do. be eligible. You're right. Yeah. He won't even be eligible anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Well, there's our answer then. I forgot. I'm glad they added that too. That's kind of one of the underrated changes they made in terms of rules with the league this offseason. I think a lot of people forget about. Yeah. It, it gives you the at minimum. least. Yeah, you got to have some minimum games in there. He's got three points right now. We get Jag and Zion. Well, we thought we were going to, but the, uh, Zion decided he doesn't want to be there tonight. He played two minutes and picked up two personal fouls, <laughs> and he's already headed to the bench. He he's, said, I'm out. Two two fouls and two My minutes. man's in them says, he's like, let oh. me let me take some of those beignets <laughs> on the bench. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. All right, yeah, John Murray, one of two so far. <laughs> 0 for 1 from 3. And uh, he's got three points, so there you go with a block. So we're starting off right, slowly but surely working his way back. Yeah, the 24 and a half, I think, was a big number. It definitely yeah, feels. He's on a minutes restriction, they said. That's why I took the under. It's kind of surprising they had that number the way that it is. Keith Smith jumps on with us. Haven't talked to our buddy Keith Smith in quite some time. Good to see your face again, my friend. Uh, what do we expect from the Grizzlies? Let, let's just put away tonight because it's, you know, it's, it's the first game with Job back. But, like, what's a realistic expectation for this Grizzlies team just moving forward now that John Morant is back with them? I think just to be competitive the rest of the way, really just make these games solid, try to get a sense of what does this team look like with John Morant and Marcus Smart, because uh, he's also going to be back at the end of the week, and get a real sense of where do we want to go from here. For them just to get to 500, they'll need to go 35 and 22, and that's like a winning percentage that would be mirrored that of the top six teams right now and that's just to get to 500 and that's even be knocking on the door of the play-in tournament so I'm just not sure that's where we're headed this year for this team they're they're seven and a half out of the last play-in spot in the west right now but you can't make that all up in a week so if I was Taylor Jenkins I'd be saying hey let's try to make up a game a week uh, that's even that is really difficult but let's try it and see where we landed when all is said and done yeah gonna be interesting to watch that progress especially since they have you know, really no centers there. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this Donovan Mitchell situation. Obviously, he's mum. Darius Garland out for significant time. Evan Mobley out significant time. I think the rumor was that the Cavs might even look in the offseason, last offseason, to move Jared Allen. And now, no Donovan Mitchell extension coming. 
and now the trade rumors are starting to pile up. Where are you at in terms of likelihood of trading this season before the deadline and where he could potentially go and the probability of that? Yeah, I think the no extension stuff is getting way overblown. It's the exact same situation that De'Aaron Fox is in in Sacramento as far as extensions go. And everybody was like, yeah, De'Aaron Fox turned it down. That's smart because he can make way more money later. Uh, so that's exactly where Donovan Mitchell's in the same spot. So that part I'm not overly worried about uh, there because that was always going to be a delayed thing until he either uh, knew what his All-NBA future was and can he cash in on the Supermax or not. As far as trades go, I think the Cavs, they've won a couple in a row without those two guys, but they're probably going to be a team that's going to be hovering right around that 6-7 line and the assured playoff spot or the play-in tournament, and then that's a major step back from where they were a year ago. But I just can't see them trading Donovan Mitchell roughly a year and a half into this experiment. I think that's something that drags into the summertime, and in the summer, if it's starting to look like yeah, he's not staying here no matter what happens. That's when you have those conversations. I assume it'll start right back up again with that. The Heat will be involved. The Lakers will be involved because they're always involved on any superstar. So that's where he is, you know, the kind of typical teams that we heard involved last time. And then does some other team jump in and say, you know what, we'll grab him because we think he can put us over the top or so. And that'll convince him to stay here with us. That's always a tried and true thing that teams try to do and try to make work but we'll ultimately see where that goes but I think this one anything happens in the next couple of months goes into next summer at the at the earliest for a trade all right keith i'm sorry to have you on because i haven't talked with you in a while here and i'm looking at boston plus 375 and you're just the man to talk two years in a row they're gonna make fun <laughs> of me and i'm thinking about doing it again they're eight and two in their last 10 20 and five this season i love this team Man, I like the KP move more than I thought. Um, early thoughts on the Celtics right now, the way that they're tra- concerns that you have moving forward in the East. Yeah, when they have their top guys together, they're great. Any combination of their top six, when they're all in there, is really good. It almost doesn't matter which six are on the floor. When they're missing one or two of them, it starts to get a little less great. A good team, but they're not uh, that great. They're they're really dominant at home. They're, I believe, now 14-0. I uh, have been absolutely just hammering teams in this year, and they've been kind of just okay on the road so far. They're about to start tonight in Golden State. A long um, four-game road trip, kind of key uh, road trip. The Warriors and the Kings back-to-back. And they've got a couple days off to play an afternoon game in Los Angeles. And that always goes really well for the visiting uh, there, they get a little bit of that L.A. flu going on. And then they've got on Christmas. So this is going to be a stretch where we're going to find out a lot about this team and how they look. Perhaps Porzingis isn't going to play tonight. It looks like they're kind of going to manage the back-to-back. They already do that with Al Horford. So we'll see oh, what no. that looks like. But when they've got guys, they're really good. Their kind of thing that still is, what happens if a couple of those guys go down? Then they're probably in trouble because they don't have good functional depth their top six seven eight guys are fine for the playoff period but we're a long ways off of that that could be they lose guys they start losing a few games that's how milwaukee maybe philadelphia could catch them and standings in the regular season there go your porzingis prop i know i had porzingis Porzingis over 17 and a half (laughs) looks like that's just gonna get canceled 
Talking to Keith Smith, BetMGM tonight. Hey, I, I'm watching the Knicks recently. Now. I see a team that, you know, no Mitchell Robinson is obviously a major loss for them. Yeah, they don't have a lot to go with it in the, in the middle now. Uh, but Julius Randle has been great. Uh, Jalen Brunson has been playing fantastic. I mean, had a 50 spot the other night. When you look at this Knicks team, obviously we know they're going to be in the market. They've been in trade room. Their star. You mentioned Donovan Mitchell. That'll probably be a, a summertime thing there. But when you look at this team now, where do they stack up from what you've seen on the court with the rest of the conference? Is it kind of just where they're sitting in the standings? Be a possibility where they could maybe climb a little bit higher as the season goes on. I think where they are, I think their record will improve. Their top six team, but they're not in the category with the top three. I think the East, the 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 Bucks and the Sixers have really set themselves apart as the class of the conference. And the Knicks are in that next group of teams, and that's got like Miami, Cleveland, the Magic. Uh, those teams are all kind of in the Knicks, and that that's fine. That's not necessarily a bad place to be. It's just kind of where they're at. I think what limits them is Jalen Brunson is really good, but teams have figured out ways to kind of scheme and take him out of things a little bit. Lewis Randall's still very hit or miss. R.J. Barrett is, you know, maybe the most consistent guy in the league. He can drop <laughs> 30 one night and then have 10 the next. And it looks good because on the overall season, 20 points per game, but you, you kind of, when you see how it got there, you're you're kind of left uh, puzzled a little bit. And I feel like they've just got too many guards and uh, for for the minutes they want to play, we've already heard Josh Hart and Quentin Grimes both grumble a little bit about. It. We heard Emmanuel quickly a little bit uh, when he came back after missing a game that he was feeling a little left out out in the cold with minutes. So I think that's just going to be something they're going to have to work through until a trade comes and it comes down to are they going to be the group they've been over the last four years now, which is extremely patient and is waiting and biding their time. They're not. They, they chase the A-level guys. If they don't get them, the old Knicks would have said, all right, let's get three C-level guys and call it good. Now this group has been a lot more. They wait, they hold, and, and they try to see what develops for them. So I think we're in a spot Knicks where it's probably what you see is what you get, but maybe that big move is just around. Because I do get the sense they've been piling up assets. They've been retaining players, waiting, biding their time to make that big move. Atlanta Hawks. Off to a very, very disappointing start. They're 11 and 15, just one game better than the Bulls, who have actually been a lot better now than they've been playing, and one game better than the Hornets. What can Quinn Snyder do to, to fix this, or is this roster fixed? I, I think it's more an office do to help Quinn Snyder fix it. Now, part of it will be fixed when they get Jalen Johnson. He was playing really, really well for them. He was arguably, you could say, their second best player behind Trey Young uh, in the season. I think Clint Capella is. We're 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 into the territory now where we should be having a conversation. Should Kongwu replace him in the starting group, and where does that go moving forward? I, I the Sadiq Bay, DeAndre Hunter forward pairing just doesn't really work for me. They're they're two guys who are just average in just about all ways they're, they're, they're neither one of them is a bad player but neither one of them is over special so you're, you're real messy the offense I think that's where could do some stuff and I thought their game albeit it was against the Pistons last night you did see some semblance of we're gonna cut out 
DeJounte Murray running the offense type stuff. We're going to really, we're going to let Trey kind of lead us there. And, and Trey got his shots, but he also was really given. It was setting guys off up. And they put Murray into this off ball secondary creator. And I think that's better than the, all right, we got to give DeJounte a few possessions here. And then Trey Young goes and stands out around the logo somewhere and doesn't move. And multiple clips, you can see, he just doesn't move. And then the big defense stinks and it's just not going to get any better with the personnel they have so it's probably where Quinn Snyder can do only do so much and maybe they make a trade and do something to balance the roster a little bit better for him Luca actually has the second best MVP odds they've been playing decent they're six and four in their last 10 they're six games above 500 this season and Kyrie's missed a bunch he's just been really good uh what do you think their ceiling is this season and do you think if they're like a five four seed that's good enough for Luca to win an MVP needs to do what he's doing yeah to the second part of your question that's probably going to be a little bit tough because i imagine yeah. you, you i think joel Embiid will be there when all is said and done probably honest will be in the mix to some extent i think sga may have some say especially if they keep really well and someone is going to get some love on the wolves for some if they continue to play mm -hmm. as good as they are and then watch out for the clippers you know they're all of a sudden here we are again, Why? and I'm like, man, I'm I'm bought in. Shouldn't be. I should know better by now. That's you know that that's on me. If this goes sideways again, as far as Luke and the Mavs ceiling goes, they could win the West. I, I'm not them to win the West right now in the you know end of December. But they could. It's very possible because they're gonna playoff series and probably no. We have two of the best five six guys in about any series they play and those two guys defense, and a lot of times that's what it comes down to in the playoffs they play enough defense with their guys it feels like they maybe have one more move in them if they really want to make it uh kind of get something you know maybe another wing shooter another three and d guy if they need that that that's somewhere they go so i think there's a real chance for the Mavs to make, make some noise like i said i wouldn't necessarily pick it but it wouldn't surprise me either if that's the way it goes down Got about a minute here or so. You mentioned the Clippers and Kawhi playing every single game so far this year. How much of that is a factor of just the new rules, the NBA, or is it he's really like truly fully healthy now after all of those injuries? I think there's a sense with the Clippers, and I think it's driven a little bit by Ty Lue in the front office of it's do or die time here. Either this is going to work or not, and we need to figure this out. And I think Ty Lue is especially Harden trade has had this uh, way he's coached where it is. I don't care hurting feelings. If you're not going to contribute, you're going to the bench. It doesn't matter. We saw PG, a veteran guy. Feels like over the last couple of years, he would have been out there getting hits just because of who he is and his stature. And I think Ty Lewis said, "Go to the bench. You're not going to help us. You know, we're only going to play the guys who can help us win." And in Kawhi, maybe he's finally figured out this is the way I got to play through this. Uh, you know, can have and this is what's going on and and they're really playing well i mean it, it, it seems they're finally where we thought we would be with this team but again it's the end of december let's have a conversation towards the end of march and april uh before we get there yeah i don't think there's any nba fan unless maybe you're a lakers fan that doesn't want to see what this clippers team can really do when they're fully healthy yeah, i want to see it keith great to talk to you again man Thanks. appreciate Thanks, you coming keith. on i appreciate it happy holidays to you and yours and you as well there he goes yeah, the Clippers, man, you don't want to buy in, you're scared, but you watch them. They've won eight games now, and it's starting to click a little bit. Right, Ryan? I heard about Right, Ryan? I, Kawhi holding the... It's on the left cheek, right? Holding the Larry O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this is not my back.
It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM tonight. Present MGM live from BetQL. Getting to the point of the season where you don't have a whole lot of time to sort of fix these glaring errors and become so much better. You can, but you got to do it. You don't want to go into the postseason limping. No, of course not. Um, I'm looking at their schedule and I'm trying to justify this statement. I'm not sure if the Jags can compete with the cream and the crop. Mm-hmm. Game, uh, this was back in September, maybe not a good example. Chiefs beat them 17 to 9. They got absolutely smoked by the 49ers, which most teams do. But I think they're only like really solid win this year. And like all wins are solid. I should, you know, quantify my statement there. But looking at that game in which the Texans actually had CJ Stroud, because that's the other thing mm-hmm. about the AFC South. Now, look like they have a clean pathway because the Texans don't have CJ although the Texans did win over the weekend against my so I'm not sure I always want to believe in the Jags because there's been years past where they have played Chiefs closely and you know sometimes their defense over a decade has really got them uh you know into some big games notably years that they had Blake Bortles at the helm but still I don't know I feel like the teams that I don't know. They're just meh. Yeah. If he's a game manager, uh-huh. what is Russell Wilson? Oh, he's a game destroyer. Game destroyer. He's a game, he's a game destroyer. Just ask Sean Payton. I mean, he's, yeah. you, you, what Sean felt about uh, about Russell after that offside play uh, there there late in the game. Oh yeah. Oh no. Russell Wilson is a uh, is a game destroyer, and uh, Zach Wilson takes the game out of the. You know, remember, kids, there was a time you had to put the game to. <laughs> the machine yeah. into your PlayStation or Nintendo. You had to put it in. He takes it out, smashes it a few times, and then just looks at you like, "What are you going to do about it?" Yeah. Because that's what happened with the New York Jets today. I don't know what you get for Justin Fields. It's what whatever a team is willing to pay. I mean, that's yeah. The Fields you get Bears, a second round pick. I can't get a, you get a first round pick for Justin Fields. I don't think so. No, second. I would think second, third. Big unknown. Like, Chicago controls, they control so much because they're going to have the number one pick in what they decide to do. I just cannot see them two straight years sticking with Justin Fields instead of trying to get their quarterback. We both agree. We think Fields could turn out to be a really good player, but I don't know, JP. I mean, if Drake May or Caleb Williams turns out to be an absolute monster like most think he will, I mean, they're going to they're gonna regret that forever. So, even if... The it's, thing about it is, like the whole bird in hand thing, right? Is that you kind of know what you have with certain guys like Justin Fields, Sam yep. Howell. And it's percent at best for even the top picks. So we kind of know going in, Drake May, Caleb Williams, one of those guys is probably going to bust. Right. Right. That's what we're seeing right now with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And it's just the history of it. You can go through the draft. One of two is probably. Holding a, a Bengals minus three ticket holder, and I was live on air. And swings that you see as oh, a sports better. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, and this is over. I was like, oh wait, wait, oh wait, this is interesting. Oh, let's go. <laughs> and I was so happy to have pushed. I've never been more excited to no money before. <laughs> yeah, bro, it was an emotional yeah. roller coaster, but it was so fun. It was a perfect game.
remind you of two things. One, why you're a fan of football, and two, why you're a fan of sports betting. <laughs> institution all year been on the same page everyone been on the same page we didn't execute i don't think we were we're all were committed enough just got to turn it around challenge that we have to embrace just continue to see it through now back to bet mgm tonight on the betql presented by bet mgm and yeah, jalen hurts after the game sounded that just lost and also was sick yeah, not no. a good combination at all no not at all it is just watching this team from the start of the season now. I mean, I know I said it before, but I'll say it again as we get ready to bring on Bob Wankel here. I, I just see a team trending in the wrong direction at the worst possible time. They're lucky to have that schedule they have, but I mean, division games, you got the guys. Who knows, man? Tommy DeVito may have one last run in him. There may be one more spoiler for him. The swan and then, he, and then it's the price of his appearance fee at bars even more. He's in at every place with his agent in a new new suit and new hat. And yeah. Hand thing and the legend continues. Already beat the Patriots like we projected. Remember we forecasted the legend to start with that. The legend of DeVito. <laughs> Dude, Spurs. I'm sorry, I just can't stop looking at his score. It's yeah. 18 to three. The Spurs are three points in six minutes of basketball. Spurs right? are really bad. Like they, Not they're one to three. They're, they, the Spurs are a team that last year we knew was tanking. Now they don't like they look worse than they were last year. Yeah. It's just yeah they're they're. Out especially, God, they're 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 a tough tough watch. No Devin Vassell points yet. Also, That's good with Wemby at center though. They've been a top five defense, which he's been fantastic. That's where he needs to unnoticed. be. That's where he needs to be. Is Brooke Lopez three? All right, we bring on Bob Wankel, Crossing Broad, where I, I'm sure everybody today, Bob, calm, cool, collected. Even Scott Lynn over here, our producer, who is the nicest Philly fan I've ever met, has been angry and bitter the entire day. Imagine it's pretty much the same in Philadelphia across the board. A lot of measured and nuanced takes here in Philadelphia <laughs> after that game last night. Yeah. I saw the one that was really getting under my my, my craw was the Carson Wentz comparisons. I saw the top line. I think that's that's absolutely absurd to compare Jalen Hurts, who was just a few weeks ago in the MVP and would have won it last year if he wouldn't have gotten injured, and now we're comparing to Carson Wentz. Uh, what's the story with this? Is it just an attitude thing? Is play on the field? 
Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, it is annoying, and <laughs> you should be annoyed when you see that type of stuff. There's just this fear in Philadelphia that like nothing gold can stand. It's like we watch this young, up-and-coming player uh, go to heights, take the Eagles to the brink of a Super Bowl. In Wentz's case, they win it. He play in that postseason or in the Super Bowl, but he helps them win a championship. And then he basically turns into a pumpkin a year later. And, you know, I think that there's some fans in the city that are afraid that we're, we're kind of getting duped again off of one really good year. What we're being told is a franchise quarterback. I, I personally think that's silly. You go back and you look at Carson Wentz specifically. Uh, first of all, you, you mentioned it. You know, four weeks ago, Jalen Hurts is the, the leader on the board for MVP this season. Carson Wentz, after his 2017 season, never even came close to replicating that level of play. He was never the same. So, you know, already Jalen Hurts has done more, I think, and sustained than Carson Wentz ever has. But I think it's just that fear of, you know, hey, is this going to happen again? Um, and, and Jalen Hurts is, you know, th- these past few weeks, and when you look at him year over year, you know, even the most optimistic fan or defender would have to admit that there has been some level of regression. And I think that you can contextually explain and rationalize it. But, you know, the reality is he has not played particularly here, especially as of late. Is one of the rationalizations have to do with his coordinator going to Indianapolis? Yeah, I mean, listen, Mike is, is outstanding. And I, I think that what, you know, he was able to do in that he was able to build in for Jalen last year was evident, and you see what he's been able to do with the Colts this season. He's turned Gardner Minshew back into a, I would say, a viable starting quarterback, you know, especially the way the league is right now in 2023. Um, and I think you see that he's, he's a very talented play caller, and he's a very good, uh, you know, a play caller as well. Um, and I do think that his absence has hurt to a degree. I, I think it's unfair uh, to pin this all on, on uh, Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson, but Certainly, I think that you are you're seeing a lot of analysts locally and nationally kind of question some of the schemes that that he's. Implemented. I think that the Eagles' offense has really truly evolved uh, year over year. I think that some have sort of you know caught on to a degree to some elementary concepts that the Eagles run. The Eagles like to say, "Hey, we have this talent on the perimeter. We have a great offensive line. We're just going to." you and that worked last year and just isn't quite working the same the big plays are not there for this offense and I think that the big play not there Jalen Hurts is starting to try to force the big play I think it's exactly what we saw happen last night yeah the ball you know you talked about Shane Steichen, and Jonathan Gannon also gone and you know I mean the linebacker position has been a little bit of a matter uh, slot corner as well you didn't really replace replace they didn't really replace uh, Gardner Johnson not saying you didn't so do you feel like that could be turned around, though? I mean, offensive side of the ball. I feel like you know the next couple of weeks, good right, get good uh, rights, but get good rights. But I can't speak English tonight. Thirteen and a half point favorites, but like <laughs> the playoffs. If you have to see a team like Dallas or San Francisco that could kind of torch you across the middle of the field and with that run game, you know, what's your concern? Defense. Yeah, I think there's a ton of concern defensively. I mean, they just they just essentially fired their defensive coordinator at ten three. You know, and I, I think to be honest with you, uh, it was probably warranted. I mean, Sean Desai really struggled. I think marry the the front four of this team, which is supposed to be its strength, some of their uh, you know coverage vulnerabilities on the back end. I mean, linebacker is just um, it's a black hole on this team. The Eagles, you know, 
typically don't invest a ton at linebacker, uh, but they let a couple good players get away here uh, in recent. And you look at the uh, the absence of C.J. Gardner Johnson that has really hurt. That Avante Maddox went down very early in the season. They haven't been able to replace him. Bradley has really struggled uh, in that role. Buyer trade. He came in a few weeks ago. Uh, he either is just maybe not the same player he was uh, the past few seasons, or he's still getting acclimated. He struggled at times. So, I mean, I, I think that there's a real concern there, and I'm not sure that this team will fix that on the fly. Like, I think that when you look at a team like the Eagles and the expectations around this team, you think, like, they'll get it together. It's the Eagles. They're a, well, uh, a well-coached team, a strong organization. They're and I just don't know that they have an answer to it. Now, I, I will say last night with Darius Slay out, um, I thought Eli Ricks uh, did a nice job. Uh, Keely Ringo uh, did a nice job, and, and Keely Ringo essentially played his first professional football game at, at last night. Um, he had only been really a special teams guy up until uh, he played his first snaps, and, and last night was his first real extended run. I thought that he acquitted himself nice. Is this enough to, to get by the Cowboys in the postseason? Is it enough to get by the 49ers in the postseason? Like, I just don't think that they have it uh, Bob, now that I can speak English, I actually want to go back to the <laughs> offensive side of the ball and talk about Jalen because year so two years ago I just didn't think he could make all the throws and then last year that offense you know he was throwing he was like spraying the ball all over the field and it looked like a different offense they and they were top 10 in pace everything was real quick and this year everything's low he hasn't looked as explosive but I mean we know he can make the throws. so is it this year you know what I mean like last night the two interceptions that's whatever it was I don't know this year I just feel like he's missing more throws and he's kind of like abandoned what he was doing last year. Have you seen the same stuff I'm seeing the exact same thing. I, I just think that there's issues. And one of the things that we do, and I know that this is not necessarily unique to Philadelphia, but it's like we have to hammer it down to one thing. You know, like what is the issue? And I just think it's a multitude of issues right now. And so I'll actually kind of go away. Like the Eagles cannot run the ball as effectively as they did a year ago. And so you're seeing different looks. Uh, you know, you're getting a lot of too high safety. Uh, you're not bringing that extra safety down in the box. It's harder to throw the football. So I think teams are saying, like, we are not going to get beat over the top by these guys. We are not going to play. So everything that the Eagles do is hard. You know, watch the Eagles play week in, week out. It's not that they can't move the football. You don't see a lot of three and outs and right off the field, but you saw it last night. Like, it takes 12, 13, 14, 15 play drives for them to score. And, you know, I, I think that that's really been a big part of this. You know, you talk about his ability to make the throws and, and why hasn't he been able to do so consistently. I think it's kind of come and gone. I think it's really been an inability to finish drive. The offense was horrible at the start of the year. They kind of pieced it together and got hot for a while in the middle there. And then the problems have sort of reappeared in recent weeks. I, I don't think it's necessarily as as it seems right now. But there are concerns here. And I do think he's forced a little bit. I do think that some of the route combinations are very, very slow to develop. Um, it, it just, everything has sort of been clunky and with this offense. And, you know, one of the things you said was pace. Like, you see it. Like, the time they snap the ball, it's down to two, three yeah. seconds left on the play clock. Like, you just kind of would say, like, come on, guys, get to the line and roll here. Just aren't playing with a lot of enthusiasm. They're not playing with a lot of energy as a team. They're not playing complimentary football. It's just to, to see how well they played a year ago. And 
you know, they were sort of playing with fire for a few months this season. But you look at some of the teams, and and I sort of lean to on the side of, hey, listen, you know, you just beat the Chiefs at Arrow. You know, you just you just beat the the big bad Dolphins who scored seventy points two weeks prior. You know, you you beat the in comeback fashion. Like I don't care about the style points, but all those people that were saying like, hey, this team kind of has like a little bit of a fraud. Like they they look pretty smart right now. Talking to Bob better MGM tonight. All right, you, so when when you we look at where they are right now, we do feel like they're prisoner of the moment feeling too, right? Where you look at the way they played and go, oh my god, the sky's falling. You got the Giants coming up this weekend at home. Giants are dogs coming to Philadelphia. Does this feel like a spot for more likely a letdown as a close game and the Giants cover, or is this more likely to be a they get things right, work on stuff in practice this week, they wake up after what happened against Seattle, and they go out and Giants? Because as a Commanders fan, I know these NFC East games can get really, really weird. Yeah, they can, and. I think right now the uh, the Eagles can't take you know anybody for granted. But I kind of think the Giants showing in New Orleans last week was was sort of the end of the Tommy DeVito you know hype train. I, I think that they their season's effectively over. I, I just think that given what the Eagles have gone through, leadership on this team. You talk about the Brandon Grams and Fletcher Coxes and Jason Kelseys, and but I still think Hurts is like I I still think that that Hurts commands the locker room. You know, there's a lot of talk about this stuff all of a sudden. Like, you know, what, is he really on the same page as AJ? I think a lot of that's nonsense. Um, I would expect them to, to at home on Christmas. Uh, a lot of people there that are that are kind of making the joke, like, oh, great, here come the Eagles to, to ruin my Christmas. Awesome. <laughs> but I really think that they will uh, respond. And that's not that's not really, I think, through a homer. Um, I just think if this team really has anything left, they will show up on, on Monday. I don't know that they, they cover the spread. Like, who are the Eagles to beat anybody or, you know, to, to lay? What, I don't know what or is right now. I think I saw 10.5 earlier. You know, who are the Eagles to double-digit points to anyone right now? But do they do they win the game? I, I would be stunned if they didn't find a way after everything that's gone on here the last few weeks. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts was talking about lack of commitment, which was sort of shocking. I want to talk about a, a team that's in a little bit of a spot. It's still early. Is Joel Embiid better this year than last year in the MVP? Yeah, it's interesting. If you, you look at the counting stats, points per game's up, uh, assists are up, uh, defensive or I'm sorry, rebounds are up. Like, I mean, it looks great. Um, is he better? Like, I, I don't know, but I think that the the vibe around the team is so much better that he seems to kind of like. And I know this is going to sound like kind of corny, I guess, but like he's playing with like more joy. He's playing with more energy. It's just a, a totally different feel. The Sixers for the last handful of years, it always just kind of felt like a slog, you yeah. know, like the whole thing. And and right this team really gets along. They like each other, play with a lot of energy. I know they had a letdown against Chicago last night, but they've really kind of, in the past, when they, they play inferior opponents, they struggle with them. They, they lose a lot of these games. And I mean, they've been blowing teams out of the water for the last month now. Uh, it really does feel different. And, and, you know, I think in a lot of ways, fun to watch him this year, if that makes sense. Got about a minute left or so here. How much do you think they stack up against the Celtics? You know, a notch below, a couple notches below right now, if you're looking at the Sixers? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's three teams to beat in the East, but I, I think the Sixers are the, the clearest, you know, between Boston and Milwaukee. Um, there, The sense here is that call, 
call us in the second round. Like, it is fun to watch them. I think people are surprisingly bought into this team more than they thought they would be. But there's still a sense of, hey, great, awesome, regular season success. But, you know, let's see what happens when we get to the team has not been able to climb that hill to date. And it, it still seems like they won't. Maybe they make an addition. I know they're going to have an opportunity to. But, yeah, I, I think a lot of – there's skepticism about what this team could be in terms of competing for a championship. He's Bob Wankel. Broad, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Speaking of those, it's 44-26 after one over San Antonio right now. I couldn't speak Devin. English here, and I was like, hey, let's check my props. And I was like, oh, <laughs> You know, when you talk, you talk like this for 20 hours a week, we're going to stumble on I do that at home now, too, though, yeah. sometimes. Let's We've all stumbled on our words. It's, like, it's not a good. It's not a good. <laughs> Sorry, coach. Day. Enough this week. Is that, that, you know what? I feel the same damn way. Damn it. <laughs> My words aren't speaking correctly anymore. Bet MGM tonight. My words are not wording. <laughs> Trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on Bet MGM. Presented by Bet MGM, live from BetQL. All right, hit us on your thoughts on Josh Allen. Not going to do like the full MVP stuff today, probably, but, but we should talk about it a little bit when we do San Francisco and, and Baltimore. We'll obviously talk about it a bunch, probably. But just, uh, you know, like there's, look, I this time of year, all I'm doing is just listening. Like uh, the time for thinking is kind of past, and it's just like, all right, like the, the, the tests are due. Like, what's everybody's answer? And like, what are they saying? And whether you this answer or not, and you're listening, I kind of think this is where we're at. Uh, I think a lot of people, and I think that trickles down to people who vote, think that if Josh Allen wins three games, he's going to win Most Valuable Player. And it's that this is the first game. So again, Brock Purdy's price was going to, told you three weeks ago, he's the price most likely to drop. Schedule, he's the safest case to make. And a huge win Seattle, win Arizona, those were expected by the market. Now what's expected by the market? Is there are there any like auto wins coming up for any of the candidates? Well, they have one anymore. They're playing Baltimore on Christmas night. That is not a coin flip game. It is a still a, like a potential win for the Niners, but this isn't like 13 14 against Arizona. And so if you're like, all right, like they're someone who can gain momentum, and you already see a bunch of people, like prominent media people, 
if Allen, anybody can be ahead right now. If Allen wins all three, he wins. Okay, this is game number one. They're half against the Chargers. They host the Patriots the week after. Host them. What's that number? You're already in the last week of the season. They're playing Miami for the division. So just like, again, if people, I'm just listening. And people, a lot of people seem to saying, oh, it's a terrible sentence. A lot of people seem to be saying he wins the three. You know what that three. sentence was? Ab abominable. Ab abdominable. Ab That's abdominal. exactly what the sentence was. Abdominal. A, a lot of people seem to be making the like, I, I wish I was on it earlier, but like, you got, just listen. Like, people are ready. And like, I, I'm, if you bet Brock Purdy or you think you should win, be mad. I'm telling you what people are saying. I don't think this. Who cares what I I'm just telling you that's what a lot of people seem to be saying. And uh, and so I, I think it makes it like an interesting insight for Thursday is like, is Josh MVP price? Should it just be a three, like a three leg parlay of them to win the three games? And if so, right price for that in that market? Is that really what it is? Which we talked about last week a little, and we'll talk about more on Thursday. Happening here. What do we do? So before all action started, on Sunday morning, all the newsmakers were out there. Aaron Rodgers expected to be clear to play this. And then the Jets get blanked and um, they're eliminated from the playoffs. Now what? Has this always been in only if they make or are alive for the playoffs situation? About that. With the ego involved and they'll play it off as saying, well, it, you know, it's more time actually on the field. Offense, moment, carry over momentum. Then next year, more work with Garrett. You know, is going to be there, and Rogers out to prove I'm going to be back next season. It's not just, um, it's not just me, and it, and there's going to be questions about retirement. And I guess there's motivation there, but at some point, the parents have to step in and say no, idiotic. But Rogers is running the organization. Who wants? He tells the GM mm -hmm. who's coming in. So, I don't know. I'm, I don't really care much about it. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Tristan, and BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. You know, there's pros and cons to betting games early in the NFL, right? Sometimes you get a good number, good total, whatever. Then there's what happened... With the Texans and Browns game this weekend, C.J. Stroud expected to miss the game. Still got sensitivity to light, concussion symptoms, which means, I guess, Case Keenum. I, I was Tim hoping Boyle. David. Tim Boyle. No, we don't want Tim Boyle out there, that's for sure. No, but never again. That's a guaranteed loss. Should never be in. Case but Keenum is expected bad. to start if C.J. Stroud is out, and it looks like he is expected to be out. Yeah, and so uh, the Texans go from being two-and-a-half-point home favorites to one-and-a-half-point home dogs and uh usually i wait i thought I, I thought that okay so when that opened at two and a half we talked about this last night mm -hmm. with patrick everson too i was like stroud's playing turns out stroud's not playing and now i'm <laughs> sitting here with texans uh money line i could always just buy back some browns i think i'm just gonna let it ride with the texans at home man um you know case don't Keenum, buy off it don't do anything just run the offense Joe Flacco now has to go on the road. I don't know. This is a tough one. I don't feel as good now Me that uh, Stroud's not coming back. But, yeah, man, like, this has kind of been messy. 
College football, um, Frank Harris, same situation today where it was like we all figured he wasn't going to play. And now it's just announced five minutes ago he's not going to play. Number is going to close at 7. How about last night? It's Monday night football. We're all sitting around. Oh, my God. Some people have Seahawks 3.5. It goes to Mm 4.5. Then it goes to 5.5. Closes back at 4.5. It's all over the place. And it's like, wait a minute. Geno Smith wasn't going to play. We all figured he wasn't going to play with a groin injury. Then all of a sudden, he's made these crazy strides. He's on the field. He's warming up. Oh, wait a minute. Half hour before kickoff, he's nowhere to be found. Drew Locke once again warming up, and it didn't matter. Like, no matter what number you got with Seattle, they won the game outright. But, uh, yeah, it's been it's been messy a little bit this year. So at least we have the clarification, the information here on Tuesday to try to figure out what to do. And maybe that's why I should have waited. You don't mess with concussions. No. And that's the one thing you always have to be careful of. When a guy's in concussion protocol, you it's very rare that you see somebody the same week that they go in concussion protocol, actually go and play in that game the following weekend. They're very cautious, and and rightfully so, but it just makes it, it really makes it become a wait-and-see situation, and that's kind of what we're getting here now where it sucks. I know you guys bet them early, but, like, this is sometimes the negative. They're right. There's pros and cons to betting games early in the week. We also, I'm just a little worried, line. you know? A little closing line value. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just a little worried. I mean, I am the vice president of the Stroud Boys. Why and... are you just the vice president, though? Well, I'm sure there's probably somebody that likes CJ just, like, a little bit more, like an somebody Ohio State fan. Houston. Maybe, like, yeah, his buddy from high school or something. But not many people uh, like CJ Stroud the way I like CJ Stroud. I love CJ Stroud. Everybody was overreacting to some tests, and I tried to tell everybody, hey, man. I've seen this guy make every single throw. I saw him. He should have beat Georgia last year. Idiot makes the field goal. He does beat Georgia. You know, it's shouldn't call me kidding. It's idiot, tough to see some money, so I'm a little. I'm not over it yet. It's tough to see. I really wanted to see what this Texans team would look like. It and nobody's full strength at the end of the year in the NFL. But Tank Dell goes down, and now C.J. Stroud's missing time, and yeah. it's a team that's probably going to end up missing the playoffs. Still a great season. Still a huge jump from where they were last year. D'Amico Ryan's, to me, coach of the year, no matter what happens down the stretch for them, given where they already are. But we're not going to get to really see what this Texans team could have been in the first year with C.J. Stroud. If he, even if he comes back next week, you've still missed two games, and they're really important games. Yeah. What do you guys think just about the AFC South now? Because, okay, so with this news and them becoming dogs, they just go down to 3-1, to one, so plus 300 the Texans are. The Colts... Plus 275. Like you said with D'Amico, man, he's coach of the year for me, mm-hmm. too. I mean, Dan Campbell probably wins it because it's the Lions haven't won the division since 92. Everybody loves them. But, man, like if the Colts win the South, I'd like to see Steichen win it, to be honest with you. And they're plus 275. And then you have the Jags, still chalky, but you're getting a better price than you did uh, before the season, minus 135. If you had to make a bet today to win the South, what would you do? I like I might the number even better for Texans, though. I think they, I think they can still win that game outright. Because that's what it comes down to, you think, yeah. Colts-Texans? hmm Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I would love to make the case for the Jags, but, like, Trevor Lawrence hasn't really looked great this season compared to what he was last year. He's dealing with an injury right now. They have to get Christian Kirk back. The defense is my issue with the Jags, man. The defense is really, I was going to say regressed. It was never really good to begin with. Like, last year, remember the first four weeks of the season, they were top ten in some metrics, like DVOA, nerd numbers. Yep. yep. And then everything kind of fell apart. I don't know. I think the Colts might end up doing it. And I feel like nobody wants them in. No. Nobody wants to see Gardner Minshew so in the playoffs. you think that means they'll be in? Well, no. I just think that they're really... I they're think Shane Steichen is really damn good. And right now, I would have probably went with the Texans, but now C.J. Stroud's out once again. And the way that the Colts are trending, like, they don't have a very good secondary, and yet it doesn't matter. Um, offensively with Gardner Minshew, they just keep finding ways to win games. 
And, yeah, it won't shock me if they end up being the team that does it. Colts 22nd in strength of schedule right now, but here's the only thing with those last three games they have. We've obviously got the Texans we talk about. Maybe that determines the division. you got the Falcons, who are frustrating as hell, but any at any point could win that game. I can't wait to never see the 2023 Atlanta Falcons ever If again. Arthur Smith decides to actually run the football. Them, of course, the Chargers, yes, and the Jets. <laughs> put them all on a rocket ship and blow them to the moon. But think about this, too. The Colts also have the Raiders. Now, I don't think the Raiders are a great team, and I'm putting aside what happened on Thursday Night Football, but I am thinking you got a team that's playing hard for Antonio Pierce. Yeah. And that could be a spoiler game right there for Indianapolis. I actually lean Jacksonville, but I think it's because I still have that undenying love for Trevor Lawrence. Hard He's been to. playing hurt. I just I see a lot of upside with that team. I liked him to win the division before the season started. I mean, a lot of people did. It's not like I was going out on a limb here. I just think... If they can get, they got to get just some sort of a rhythm with a couple of their receivers, man. Calvin Ridley, just start, if he could just get some targets, that can change so much. Travis Etienne being more consistent. Like, they have the talent there. It's just getting it to do what you're supposed to do consistently. I, I, like, put it this way. If you're looking at that division at the end of the year, I understand C.J. Stroud could come back next week, and they still still certainly have a chance. But let's take Houston out of it because we don't know C.J. Stroud's situation with the concussion right now. I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence over Gardner Minshew 10 times out of 10. I know Gardner Minshew's been fun. I understand that that offense is still kind of humming along with him, but I still am going to take Trevor Lawrence over Gardner Minshew in this situation down the stretch. Now, I'm not as confident in Trevor Lawrence this year as it was last year when he really started to pick things up, but I lean Jacksonville here if you're taking Houston out of the equation right now, not knowing what C.J. Stroud's status status is. You want a hot take? Yes. I'm not talking like ceiling or future because it's Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence was the most hyped quarterback since Andrew Luck, right? Um, And and, and I'm not, like, writing off Trevor Lawrence. I just really wanted him to take that next leap this season and play like an MVP. And again, he's had a high ankle sprain. Also, like, Cam Robinson missed time. He was playing with his third string left tackle. Mm -hmm. So, it's, it's hard to put up great numbers like that, I get. But they've just been a major disappointment for me in a division that I thought, man, they could have 12, 13 wins, maybe get the one seed in the AFC by default just because of strength of schedule, like you said. I might take Gardner Minshew right now, this season, in that matchup, the way that he's trending and the confidence that he's playing with. Oh, the interceptions, though, man. Like, no, I know, I know. Like, and he's <laughs> just, always going to be like a classic gunslinger out there right now. But Trevor Lawrence, the interceptions, he kind of is too, too yeah. at times. You know what I mean? And and I don't know. I, I like. I feel like he just has all these brain farts. End of the first mm-hmm. half. Um, like, what the hell? You're talking you talking about Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Like, what are you doing? You know that you are up against it here. You don't even get a field goal off in prime time against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I don't know. It's just like I see that way too much. He's He's got the arm strength, the arm talent. He's mobile. He can make plays with his legs, with his arms. But I feel like, I don't know, like I watch him. And he reminds me of, remember the show Daria, the girl that yeah, dated the oh, player and he like wore yeah. his pads to class? Like that's what Trevor Lawrence kind of like reminds me of. Like he's the guy in like full house that's dating, de- he's like Steve and he's like wearing his pads. The, like, Duh. You know what I mean? Like that's what I see with Trevor Lawrence. Not that Minshew's like any better. He's like, you know, fist fighting his dad for fun in the parking he lot. He literally is that. taking a, a hammer to his <laughs> own <laughs> hand so he doesn't burn eligibility <laughs> when he's out yeah. Washington State. Yeah. You know how I know that... Steichen's got him playing with confidence the same way he had Jalen playing with he confidence does. last year. And though, I, I wonder to myself whether the Jags, <laughs> the reason that they are who they are is just the play calling and some of the regression there. There was a really exciting team last year down the stretch, but like we all know that this team's offensively not consistent mm-hmm. because there's not one player for player props 
you can trust to do anything. Not receptions, not yards, not touchdowns, not uh, attempts, not rushing attempts, not anything. Nothing. They need Zero. a go-to receiver. I like Christian Kirk, but he's a slot receiver. And he's their best receiver. Yeah. Like, it's not... Uh, I mean, They I like should have Z- gone after D-Hop. Yeah, like, a lot of their guys are just the same guy. Kirk, yeah. Jones, I like Jamal Agnew. They've actually been missing Jamal Agnew. I mean, he's, he's not okay. a number one he's receiver. He's okay. Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike Evans this offseason. Yeah. They go after Mike Evans. They're He'll also, be a free agent. I mean, and he can stay in Florida. No wanna, sale or state mm-hmm. tax. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. see what kind of money T-Law gets, though, man. He's going to get max, super max. Yep, he's going to get paid. Lamar Dude, Jackson money. Because th- right. that organization knows what it's like to be out on to an island without the rowboat, hey, you show a lifeboat that gives you a quarterback. I mean, stop game, it. Damn it. That t- they should have won that game. They, they, have. they haven't had consistent quarterback play since Mark Brunel. I mean, it's been a yeah. long time for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is going to get paid. It's not even a question. Yeah, I just, I don't know. So I mean, like, no, I wonder, he's going to. I just, I don't know. I wouldn't give him Joe Burrow money. I wonder if it's like, is it Doug Peterson? Is it up the offensive coordinators? I don't think it's just the pieces. Yeah, because ETN just doesn't just fall off a cliff overnight. I watch it and I feel like it is kind of just the pieces, though. You know, you it's think like, so? well, the run game, it's it's the offensive line, I yeah. think. And I like ETN. I've never really thought of him as an every down back. You know, he's he not kind even... of feels more like Tony Pollard to me. Yeah. Or yeah. like a uh, Jameer Gibbs to me. Yeah. I mean, and. You know what? They go get Derrick Henry in the offseason oh and Mike God. Evans. He's so dead. You guys were so right. It just took 14 weeks, 13 weeks for it to be the case. Uh, Derrick Henry is, like, done. Yeah. He is so yeah. done. They like Derrick Henry, I'm looking at this game log for every first down play that the Titans ran against the Texans, and it was like, Henry run, two yards. Henry run, mm-hmm. negative three y- yards. Henry run, no gain. Every single first down, all of them were some sort of Derrick Henry or Spears. And then uh, one Henry Wildcat run? Oh, my God. It pretty much happens, like, in the blink of an eye with a running back. Yeah. They just disappear. He's done. Everything goes away, and you're like, that's not the player that I remember. Now, maybe Derrick Henry goes, again, I mean, I'm half-joking when I say that, but maybe goes to a team like Jacksonville where he's getting seven, eight, nine carries a game and plays a couple more years and adds certain a, a different dynamic to that offense. But that's where, it, look, Derrick Henry's taken a lot of hits over the years. A lot of hits. These guys wear down, the legs go, and then a lot of carries, that's it. You're oh, yeah. done. So I, they tried to trade him in the offseason. That tells you all you need to know about the Titans. They knew Derrick Henry was kind of down to the last little bit. I think they should have traded him at the deadline. But here we are, and now they're going to watch him kind of just crumble and watch that team not make the playoffs. But sure, great plan this offseason, Titans. You guys had really uh, you had a lot to lot to work with. Never understand. Never understand what they were doing. All right, another hour coming up. It's BetMGM tonight. Nick, Trista, and Ryan are taking a short break. Stay tuned because there's plenty more to come on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.